0: Good morning Grace. Good morning. I want to ask you please turn with me in your Bible to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20. The book of Acts in the New Testament, chapter 20. And I'll begin reading there in just a second because we're going to talk This morning, I will, but we're going to talk, and I say that because literally, you are thinking and examining the Scripture together. So we are going to talk about biblical leaders and their job description. Biblical leaders, job description, Acts chapter 20, beginning verse 17, spoken from the mouth of the Apostle Paul. Acts 20, beginning verse 17. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears. And in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly. And from house to house, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you think about a biblical leader's job description, you recognize that we've been talking about this for a while. We're in a series that we have called Biblical Leadership. And George King and Jewey has led us expertly through the last two Sundays through the descriptions, through the characteristics, the qualifications, and through the behaviors of elders. But as we look at this third part of the series, and next Sunday, by the way, we're going to talk about biblical leadership led by no less than Pastor Arthur Shepherd, talking about biblical leaders, deacons. But I want to ask you, as you look through this with me, do you know... Do you know your responsibility? You as the body of Christ, do you know your responsibility to support these biblical leaders, to know who they are, to know what they're about, and even more importantly, to hold them accountable? Do you know that? But I'm going to ask even a more important question. Do you know your responsibility to consider becoming a biblical leader for this ministry, whether it be for children, whether it be for the world, whether it be for this community, our responsibility as the body of Christ to become, to volunteer to become those biblical leaders. Do you know that? So that's really where we're going to go this morning because I want you to know about elders and what they're about. But I also want you to know your responsibility, not just to keep them accountable, which is right, but also for you, you, to become biblical leaders. So let me ask another question. Uh, when we listen to the passage from what Paul shared here, do you know the answer to the question, what is it that servants do? Well, it may be obvious they serve. Biblically, Paul said there's only one way. You know, he says, how I lived among you. How I served the Lord with great humility, with tears, under severe testing. But I did not hesitate. I did not slow in preaching to you repentance in Christ. Well, let me ask another question. Who? Who do these servants serve? They serve you, the body of Christ. They are in existence to serve not only you who are here, but you who have not yet, or those who have not yet come to Christ by faith, to serve the body of Christ. So again, who are these biblical leaders? They're servants. And they're also known as elders and deacons. These particular servants are built on the foundation of Christ. I like the verse that was shown in the introductory video from Ephesians 4, where it explains that Christ has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors or shepherds, teachers to equip The church for the work of the ministry. But I want you to know this. Elders, deacons, biblical leaders, they're the servants. They're your servants of the church. They are not the church bosses. They are not the hierarchy that's in control. They are the servants. They are built on the foundation of Christ, but they build up You, the body of Christ. They are in existence just for your care, your ministry. As I said, they're not the church bosses. Actually, they're a plurality, co-equals in the body of Christ leading in this ministry, but leading for you, the body of Christ, Now, biblical leaders, such as elders, must be tested. They must pass a test. And that's a good thing. The test is this. The very first part is that they need to be qualified by character. They need to live. They need to act. They need to breathe. Not only like the example of the Apostles, that we have in the Scripture, but like Jesus Christ, elders must be above reproach. And deacons, likewise, must be dignified. Both of these words mean that they must display, they must live, they must breathe character that is like Christ. No exceptions, no clauses, no ifs, ands, and buts, biblical leaders, not only these who you know that we have commissioned here in this church, but you as well. These are the character qualifications that are outlined in the scripture. But I want to tell you, not everyone who is above reproach, not everyone who is dignified can serve in the local church. I'll tell you why, because a rock, a rock can be above reproach. A rock can be dignified, but it doesn't move. It goes nowhere, and therefore there must be more, and that's the second, that's the second test. More importantly than the qualifications, the second test is this, that they must desire to serve Christ, They must desire to serve you, the body of Christ. And as I said, not only you here, but those who are yet to come. You know, without desire, biblical leaders are just sort of bloodless, passionless figureheads. And you know what I'm talking about because that has been what we have experienced throughout time where people are in charge but they're not in Christ. So the word desire is important because literally the word desire means to long for, to covet, to lust for in a pure way, to set one's heart upon. It's the pure burning of heart that we must have in biblical leaders who want to minister They want to provide the love of Christ. They want to provide the Word of God that's never, never dirty, never controlling, never possessive, but the desire must be there. Biblical leaders, elders, deacons must pass the test not only of character, but of a burning desire to serve Jesus Christ. And I say this, not only for us who are serving, but for you who are wondering, how can I serve Jesus? It must begin with this desire. And so I say to you, friends, you are accountable as well. And you are responsible. You are responsible to hold elders Responsible, and primarily responsible for three jobs. Three jobs. Only these three jobs, all other things, all other ministries, all other actions, emanate from these three jobs. Without these three jobs, nothing happens. With these three jobs, lives are changed. And these are the three jobs. First, proclaim the message. Proclaim the message. Second, protect protect from masqueraders. Third, propel and move the church toward mission. First, elders are accountable to proclaim the message, and they must proclaim it in a pure manner. Their motive must be unmixed. Must be uncontaminated. Elders are accountable to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ in unmixed sincerity, unequivocating sincerity for the gospel. Paul said it this way. You know, you know how I lived among you. You know, people can observe. People can see with their own two eyes how not only the Apostle Paul then, but how elders then and how elders now should live. You can observe, and this is why the apostle said it, you know how I lived among you. You can observe that we, that elders, have a pure, unmixed lifestyle. There is no question that the life must be about serving Jesus Christ, serving you for the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaiming the message Paul went on to say I have declared to you both Jews and Greeks to turn to God in repentance you know elders cannot get involved in the day to day to day logistics whether it be of a ministry of a church of a mission They cannot be involved in those day-to-day logistics. They must focus on prayer and the Word of God for the church, for the world, and they will be tested. I can assure you that they will be tested. Now, Acts chapter 6, you can look it up later on, and I'm asking you, as I said earlier, you study with me. We're responsible. Acts chapter 6 shows us the responsibility and how the apostles responded to a test, and a very difficult test at the inception, at the beginning of the church, because the Hellenistic Greek, that is, Jews' widows, were being prejudicially treated. They were being actually mistreated. And they were being overlooked. The word literally means that they were looked past, that no one even looked at them concerning the daily distribution of food. And not only did they not get food that was distributed for those who were poor and needy, they received disregard. Not only was this a form of discrimination, friends, but this caused severe Physical harm. And worse, worse than anything else. It was supported by those who were so-called leaders. So what do biblical leaders do? They cannot ignore. They do not ignore. They must not ignore the problem. They must take responsibility. They cannot shirk. They cannot pass the buck. They must Care And they must care enough to ask people like you in the church to care for those who have needs, to care for those who are hurt. And they must recalibrate these, the elders, and refocus on proclaiming the message. This is how they said it in Acts chapter 6. We will turn this responsibility over to them. Those who the church selected. But we will give our attention to prayer in the ministry of the Word. Listen carefully, please. Care must be a priority of a church for the church and for those without outside of the church. And the elders are responsible to care. You're responsible to hold us accountable. And yet we must be pure in our focus on the message, to proclaim the message of the Word. There is no, no equivocation. This is about the message of Christ. And you know what happens? You know what happens when a church does that? You know what happened in the book of Acts chapter 6? Read at the end. It says that the Word of God grew. And that means that more people heard the Word of God. More people flooded to hear the Word of God because a church took care of needs and the elders took care of the proclaiming of the message of the Word of God. Church, I want to tell you hold elders accountable. Hold elders accountable to proclaim the message. Elders must address needs. Yes, we must but not get entangled, but must be pure in devotion to the message, proclaiming the message of the Word of God. (coughs) Second, elders must plea the message. Verse 19 says, I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears. In the midst of severe testing, let me ask you, Did Paul then, do elders then, do elders now cry with tears because it hurts to work with people who are difficult? Because it hurts to be rejected? Because it hurts to be tested? Some may say yes, but nonetheless, the answer really is no. Because elders, not only like the Apostle Paul, but now... Shed tears for your hurts, shed tears for your pain, shed tears for your trials, shed tears for your hurts. And they also shed tears in joy for your joys. Elders must serve by humbling themselves. The word literally means making themselves low in order to build you up. And even in severe testing, they must plea the message of Christ. Elders must also be persistent. Verse 20 and 27 says, Paul says, I have not hesitated to preach. I have not hesitated to share repentance in Jesus Christ. This is the requirement that elders must persist in the message. You know... Failure or hesitating in the message causes many to fail, both inside the church and outside. But I'm saying to you, persistence changes lives. As has been said by several leaders already this morning, this is Memorial Weekend. And as we think about those who have sacrificed their lives in order to protect physical and constitutional freedoms for this nation, we must also, as has wisely been said, think of those who have sacrificed their lives to serve the eternal soul of people. One such person who is both a soldier and a man of God is a man called David Fraze. David Fraze is a chaplain, was a chaplain assistant in the 25th Infantry Division, A man of God, a tough infantryman. He was a roof gunner on armored vehicles, and he was my chaplain assistant. David won soldiers to Christ, and he persisted in proclaiming the message of Jesus. On the day that David was killed, he said back to his fellow infantrymen, See you tonight. You will be there tonight for Bible study. At David's memorial when we held it in Kandahar, Afghanistan, hundreds and hundreds of infantrymen came. And some of them spoke up publicly. Several of them said, I hated phrase. I hated David phrase because he never stopped persisting to talk to me about Jesus Christ. And then out of the same mouths, they said, I love I now love phrase for sharing with me, Christ Jesus. I want to tell you, friends, elders proclaim the message. They must, they must be pure in their devotion to the message. They must plea with you concerning the message and others. They must persist in proclaiming the message. And that is the first job, the first job for elders. Proclaim the message. But there's a second job. And the second job is to protect from masqueraders. Look back to Acts chapter 20. The apostle continues by saying this, verse 28. So he says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, the word masqueraders really means side schemers. Those who have an agenda on the side. Those who have an ulterior motive. Who are looking for ways in order to get something on the side. They're fakes, they're users, and they're abusers. And elders and you, church, are responsible to point out fakes, wolves, masqueraders. But how do you do it? How is it done? The apostle told us in Acts chapter 20, beginning verse 28, he said this, watch yourselves, Friends, it's not the world that's the problem. It's not only the world that's the problem. It's not just you who may be the problem, but it's me. The apostle said to elders, Watch yourselves. Masqueraders may look nice, and some don't look nice, but they have separate standards, separate status, separate elite permissions. They're the hierarchy. They're the bosses. Elders can insulate themselves. They can isolate themselves. They can insinuate themselves as masqueraders do. But elders, elders, we must protect from masqueraders by looking at ourselves, by protecting, by watching ourselves in the light of what Jesus is looking at, humbling ourselves before Jesus and before you, Repenting to Jesus and to you. Asking forgiveness of Jesus and of you. And reconciling to Jesus and to you. Masqueraders, masqueraders must be dealt with. And elders must watch themselves. Elders also watch for fakes. Fakes are those masqueraders who don't spare the flock. They treat the flock for example, is expendable, some less important, and even abuse some. Now, this is not new. It's happened throughout centuries. Jesus talked about it in John 10, where he said that the hired hand abandons the sheep. Ah, but the good shepherd, the good shepherd, like elders, like those apostles, like deacons, like biblical leaders, lay down their lives for the sheep. It was a while back that my wife and I worshiped at a church in South Carolina, and they had called a new pastor. And the pastor, as he was going through the process of understanding the church, saw in the bylaws, in the bylaws, that the church was prohibiting any person of color to be part of the church, and especially not to be a member. And so the pastor said, I'm out. (laughs) I'm not going to be part of your church. But the elders, the elders recognized their error. And at the moment, changed not only the bylaw, rushed back to the church and confronted the church. And the church repented. And the church, at that point, began to grow to love and to care for all the flock. It went from a church that was about business, to a church that was willing to be broken. You know, elders, we know we're not a business. We know this church is not about business. We're a church for healing the sick. We're a church for fighting death. We're a church a church for rejoicing in life. We're a church for seeking the lost and discarded. And we provide eternal solutions to protect the flock. And I want to say this clearly, all of The flock. You know, elders also are responsible to defend or protect from masqueraders by recognizing that they can distort the truth. Masqueraders can distort the truth. But the best defense, the best defense is a good offense concerning the truth. And that is called this, biblical plain sense. For example, Jesus said, I am. I'm the resurrection. I'm the way. I'm the life. These were not allegories. These were statements of his divinity, God in the flesh. And it's interesting. People understood the plain sense of what he was saying because they took offense. Just as people today take offense at Jesus Christ's claim to divinity. But you know what? Plain words Make plain sense. Yeah, but except for a guy like me, because when I was a single young man, I was afraid of plain words around Elizabeth. I was afraid of saying what was really in my heart in plain words to her. And so one of these one of those days a pastor confronted me and he said, Do you love her? And with a gulp, I said, Yes. Got it out. And I knew that the truth had to be backed up by plain words, saying, I love you, to Elizabeth. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad because plain sense, plain words make the best sense. Church, elders, deacons, doubters, people of this world, note this, that the best defense for truth In biblical interpretation is the good offense of this sentence. If plain sense in the scripture makes best sense, seek no other sense. Elders' job is to protect from masqueraders. But also we have a third job. The third job is this, to propel and move the church. Biblical elders, biblical leaders are held accountable to propel and move the church. If elders don't move and biblical leaders don't move, then they're not biblical. And perhaps not only that, they should be confronted. And if they don't respond, they should be fired. Paul said it this way in verse 35 of Acts 20. In everything I did, I showed you that because or by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Friends, elders must give. They must give life by work. Jesus never stops working for souls. He said in John 9 that as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night, night. Is coming when no man will work. Night is coming. You know, elders need to give life, the life of Christ to all, because the night is coming. But more than that, elders need to propel the church to move to grab lives for Christ. We can't wait for people. We cannot wait for people to come to us, whether it be children. Whether it be people who are on reach, whether it be within our own service, our own church here, we cannot wait. The time is limited, and the horrific events of Uvalde revealed this again. We need to reach out and grab lives for Christ. Elders must always move the church to grab lives for Christ. Well, Communist Cuba was a great place for grabbing lives for Christ. It was a place that in 1995, thousands and thousands and thousands, almost more than 50,000 Cubans escaped death by Castro and death by shark. And yet they came to that squalid place in Guantanamo, Cuba, in which they faced a worse death. And that was death without Jesus Christ. And so during the riots that ensued because they were so discontented and so depressed, several Christian chaplains we met and we said we're going into these camps that were places of death. Several people had already been killed and we're going to go in there and start sharing the gospel. And we met with others who had already proclaimed Christ as Savior and a revival broke out. And so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Cubans came to Christ and several hundreds were baptized in following Christ and are following Christ today. I want to tell you, friends, that this church and elders and biblical leaders must give the life of Christ. But there are points of which we must grab lives for Christ. So let me sum it up. I want you to know who biblical leaders are and who elders are. That's good knowledge. I want you to support them. I want you to hold them accountable. You are responsible. But there's a greater responsibility. You are responsible to do the ministry as well. You are responsible to become biblical leaders yourselves. You may not have a title You may not have a job or a position, as it were, but you can serve the Lord Jesus as a biblical leader. Therefore, therefore, we need help. We need your help. Elders are accountable also to enlist and train you. And so I ask you, see the paper that is on your chair. See the paper that's in your hand. See the paper that you received from the back of the church or may still be back there. Take that paper. Enlist your heart and enlist your soul to serve Jesus Christ and become a biblical leader in so far as you can serve him. Serve him with all your might. Now is the time because the night is still approaching. Let's do God's work together. I urge you, take this paper, take it home with you. If you have doubts or concerns, pray over it, but bring it back every box checked. <laughs> Let's do God's work together. Let's join together to serve Jesus Christ, the eternal Savior, for the sake of this church, for the sake of our community, for the sake of souls, and let us go to him in prayer. And so, God, we look to you because you control the day. You are the light of the world while you're in the world, and you are But we know the night is approaching. And so we ask for stall. Hold the night back. So that we may be your biblical leaders. That elders and deacons and others who come forward are your biblical leaders to serve you, Lord Jesus. For you, you are the answer who we seek. The desire who we, we need. You are the one who has changed us. Use us to change, to grab lives for Jesus, you the Savior. And we pray in Jesus' name and all answered by saying, Amen.